Next on BYU Sports Nation, the great debate for the best BYU football win of the 2016 season. UMass head coach Mark Whipple on the challenges for his independent team and why he's trying to find a statue of Andy Reid on campus. Plus, WCC Defensive Player of the Year Taylor Campbell Isom of BYU Women's Soccer and former BYU Hoops coach Steve Cleveland. Game day all around. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, November 17th, Ball game day. Night. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're accurate. Ball night. Ball night. And game day for BYU women's soccer. Wherever and however you're yeah. dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Root Beer Judge of Judges, Jerem Jordan. You uh, you grabbed a uh, Root Beer this morning, mm-hmm. which I'm not a soda in the morning guy. Like, it's got to get to like 11 in the morning probably before I'm having a soda. <laughs> can you have a soda anytime? Yes. Mm. That, I, that I can do. Yeah. It's just like a shock to the system early in the morning. Right? I need the sugar water. More sugar water. <laughs> Sugar, <laughs> man, that's like, men in black, yeah, man. classic. Yes. Sugar, sugar water. <laughs> what? Uh, that dude's actually pretty good at that. Holy cow! <laughs> He's the greatest sugar water yeah. guy of all time. Sugar water. <laughs> if I were vitamin water or something, I would like use that scene somehow. It's cold outside <laughs> for the first time in a long time. Yeah, we don't know if it's cold where you're living because you're all over the world in the country. But yeah, it snowed last night for the first time. We've been spoiled in Provo, Utah. I know. I walked outside and I was like, <laughs> <"It's> starting. <laughs> no. Even then, even then, the snow expected to be melted and mid-50s and partly <laughs> cloudy on Saturday for the game against Poof! UMass. Nice weather. Yeah, yeah, it's actually going to be nice. Who knows for the Utah State game next week? But for this week, it's good. And it's one week at a, one game at a time, Oh, uh, uh, The offense will take it one week at a time, Spencer. <laughs> trying to execute independent... As a team and independent of the weather. Jerem Jordan's Ty Detmer is getting better and better. Thank you. I'm working on it. <laughs> he, he was practicing like, it three minutes before the show. Like the BYU receivers on a 100-yard game. I'm working on it. I tell you what, Rico, I like that Ty Detmer guy. <laughs> oh, boy. Here are today's BYU Run! Sports Nation headlines. Speaking of football, two days away from game number 11 for BYU football. Hosting UMass coverage starts with countdown to kickoff on Saturday. One Eastern on BYU TV. Offensive coordinator... Jerem? Ty Detmer. Yep. Gave an update on the health of Jamal Williams and Squally Canada, his running backs, yesterday. Jamal is still going to be probably game time every week uh, decision. Um, And then Squally was out there today, so, you know, we expect to have him available. Jamal? I want to use that the rest of it. Jamal? (laughs) I love it. Uh, Game time decision the rest of the season. That's interesting. Like the bowl game, he's going to be a game time decision. Did he in the regular not. season? I hope not. After three weeks, he wouldn't be healthy. Maybe he damaged his ankle. I I, I don't know. I, we know he he hurt it, and he's been out of a couple games. But hopefully, Jamal Williams can go. If he can't, it's going to be okay. Everyone, just calm down. It's UMass. Maybe that's just a pre-snap read by Ty Detmer with the media to because he's been oh, receiving yeah. uh, that question so much. It's like I'm just going to put it out there. It's game like, time decision enough. every week. Jamal yeah. will be a game time decision. Men's basketball is back in the Marriott Center tonight. Game two, hosting Coppin State. The Eagles are in town. Tip-off set 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Steve Cleveland 
will uh, be the analyst tonight with Dave McCann, Spencer London, Roman Courtside, giving tremendous info occasionally throughout the game. We'll talk to Steve Cleveland coming up. Also, ESPN Bracketology, it's out. It's the second one. BYU is in. Second to last team in. 12 seed play in with Georgetown. So they go down a seed, but I believe they went up on the S curve. So BYU jumped up a little bit. Princeton, a nine seed, by the way. Gonzaga, three. St. Mary's, four. Valpo, 13. Weber State, 16. Those are the BYU opponents. Potentially Valpo next Wednesday. Uh, in bracketology. Now, some people on Twitter were like, does this even matter in November? Yes. You're right. It's early. It's context. It's like I, rankings. I, I it's think like it matters. Ranking. It's like college football rankings early in the season. Yeah. like th- Rankings in college football or basketball? Irrelevant. No, it's bracketology. Does not matter. It's, it's bracketology. all about bracketology. Yes, bracketology yeah. has supplanted the top twenty-five rankings in college hoops in terms of like relevance because yes. it's about getting to the tournament. Yes, even in November. Fourth-ranked BYU women's soccer will play twenty-fifth-ranked Oklahoma today in the second round of the NCAA Women's Soccer Championship in South Carolina. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio. Watch it on ESPN three. For Eastern Time, we'll talk with WCC Defensive Player of the Year, Taylor Isom. Who? From South Carolina, coming up. Isom. Zootopia. Isom, you were good to my family. Taylor Isom, Defensive <laughs> is, Player of the Year. This is the voice day. <laughs> this has become the voice day. It's getting out of control. Yes. And women's volleyball, they rank 10th. They're on the road tonight at San Francisco. 10 Eastern Time, three regular season games left. For the ladies, before the NCAA tournament. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The best of 2016. The BYU football Cougars have six wins in ten games this season, including three wins against Power 5 teams. Arizona, Michigan State, Mississippi State. Here's the thing. BYU's best win might have come against a non-Power 5 team. What? Wait a second. That can't be. Or can it? Time to let your voices be heard, my friends, and answer today's Twitter question. What is BYU football's best win of the season? Why? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Telling you why. At Cool Cougar, I have to go with Mississippi State after their big win over Texas A&M. They aren't as bad as they looked. Mississippi State, more cowbell, please. I sent out a poll question that I asked in October, it's now November 17th, and I said, let's revisit a question I asked last month. What is BYU football's best win of the 2016 season? Gave four options, Toledo, Michigan State, Mississippi State, or other. With 611 votes, that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Toledo won that Twitter poll yesterday with 38% of the vote. Toledo! Followed closely by Mississippi State at 36% and Michigan State at 23%. I get why Toledo won that. It's the only win of a, against a team above 500 this season. And Toledo's, they played last night. Did they win? Are they 9-2 and two or are they 8-3? They, 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 they won. won. They're 9-2. So they're 9-2 and their last game is against... Western Michigan, that's a big one. Friday, November 25th, we think that that game will determine who BYU plays in the Poinsettia Bowl. At least factor into it, right? Yeah. Okay, for this, I thought Toledo, before we conversed about this yesterday afternoon a little more, I think it's Mississippi State. I know Mississippi State's only 4-6, and but that's an SEC team in Provo. That was, what, the second time ever? Uh, That team, Mississippi State, beat Texas A&M 
who in hindsight is overrated but was in the first college football playoff. I think that's a big win. It's not going to make a splat. Like technically, Toledo, yeah, best win of the best record, whatnot. But SEC, Mississippi State, Friday night on ESPN, overtime. That was, that was a fun night. and that, To me, that's the best win of the season. I jumped BYU over 500 to 4 and 3 and when you look at the BYU status in the football power index by the way the Cougars are ranked 32nd pretty good their best win according to the FPI is what Jerem says Mississippi State that team is ranked 50th in the ESPN FPI right now just ahead of Toledo I still feel like Toledo is the best win because of when it happened in the season BYU mm. was 1 and 3 after a tough loss against West Virginia, they desperately needed to beat Toledo. And it took a 55-point outburst to get it done. And there a record-setting was, performance by Jamal Williams. There were so many unique things about that game. And yes, because Jamal Williams runs for 286 yards and Jamal. sets a record, BYU scores 55 and they got back on the winning track. I feel like that is the best win because it was critical to BYU riding the ship, getting confident going to Michigan State, and then coming home and beating Mississippi State. You could argue Michigan State, too. Here's the thing, though. Michigan State is, what, a three-win, four-win team at this point? Yeah, I think that was the seven. complete game, though, right? Yes, and that meant so much of the time. They were, uh, the Spartans were 2-2. Two and two. That was a really big win. Like, you talk the emotion coming off a win, you, you could argue Michigan State. That was the biggest celebration uh, that BYU had uh, this season in any win. But Michigan State has stunk it up this year. They're not even going to a bowl game unless there's a 5-7 and seven team that goes to a bowl game should the Spartans win the next two. So it's interesting because this schedule has been tough. I'm not sure we'll call it toughest ever, but maybe just because 1-8 through eight was really hard, they played a lot of Power 5 teams. These teams haven't been as good as we hoped. BYU can't control that. But the grind of week to week, the amount of Power 5, 6, Toledo and Boise State are the other two. Uh, several of these are, are ranked, right? Four are above BYU in the top 30. This has been a tremendous schedule. So to say that the best win is Mississippi State and they're 4-6 and six or Toledo 8-2, and two, it's, it's a credit to how tough this schedule has been. Unfortunately, we're not saying easily Boise State, Utah, UCLA, West Virginia. That would have been nice to just have one of those in BYU's pocket. Now, it's interesting Again, looking at the FPI, Mississippi State ranked 50th, Toledo 53rd, Michigan State 56th. And those three answers are the ones that got the most votes in that poll question. But yeah, I mean, it just depends on how you want to see it. The, SC, the SEC argument on a Friday night in overtime, that's, that's, and especially because Mississippi State then went and beat, beat up on Texas A&M, who was ranked fourth in the country. So yeah. it's like, oh, maybe I, that BYU win was pretty good. Yeah, I and Toledo's good. Let's say Toledo, who's 9-2, let's say Toledo beats Western Michigan. That will sway my opinion, I think. Because if Toledo's 10-2, maybe they win the MAC. they win 11 games this year or something. They, they could win 12. If Toledo wins out, they could win, they could be what, 12-2? Because they would play in the MAC title game, too. Now, now, that would be a significant win, because that team probably finishes top 25. I'm, I'm rooting for Toledo, because I think that that means San Diego State could be the team in the bowl game. I, I'm on the Rockets bandwagon all the way because, one, I want that win to mean more, and two, I think it could help San Diego State. What is BYU football's best win this season and why? Send in your tweets using the hashtag BYUSN. BYU basketball may have picked up their best win of the season in game well, number so, one. Well, so far, yes. According to non-conference. <laughs> so if they beat 
when they beat, and I think they will beat St. Zaga at least one time. That is St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Yes, at least one time, and then that would become the best win. But in non-conference play, they might have already earned their best win against Princeton. Okay, A 9 seed in ESPN's latest bracketology, BYU a 12 seed in the play-in game, and it is a ball night, as Jerem has so aptly pointed out. Really? And that means that we are going for two. Can you predict the future? Nope. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Here we go. (laughs) We're both one and one with the basketball team. I am 10 for 12. If you throw in the football record as well, overall, 10 and 12. Jeremy's 8 and 14 in a dead heat with basketball after one game. My first going for two pick about BYU basketball. The Cougars will hold Coppin State to 57 points or less. Why 57? Because they scored 58 and 59 against Valparaiso and Coastal Carolina. I think this will be a season-low point total for Coppin State having to travel across the country, and they have had a wild travel schedule. Uh, And we'll talk more about that on tonight's broadcast. I think 57 points or less, BYU gets it done defensively. And number two, Nick Emery will be the leading scorer tonight for BYU basketball. I like those two, but not as much as my two. My first one, BYU will make 10 plus threes. They only went 4 of 16 the other night. They get 10 tonight. Colby Lafeson, I need you to show up, man. (laughs) And number two, BYU will win by 27 plus. So it's not 17 plus. It's 27 plus. Will BYU beat UMass in football by more points than they beat Coppin State in basketball by? No. The margin of victory tonight will be larger than Saturday. Mm, okay. I think it will be more than 27. I just said 27. (laughs) (laughs) Coastal Carolina beat Coppin State by 30. Yeah. And BYU plays BYU hosts Coastal Carolina on uh, Saturday. Saturday night, 930 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. As part of this Vegas, uh, Las Vegas shindig that uh, BYU is involved in. They will go to Vegas next week. Can you week. have a shindig without Ty Detmer? That's a question I want to ask. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shindig, Spencer. <laughs> right? Oh, conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation. You can sound off on uh, our going for two picks, but we'd also like you to answer our Twitter question today, which is what is BYU football's best win this season and why? At Fabulous Fuss says, in my humble opinion, me thinks that our best win this season was Michigan State. We played so well in the second half. Yeah, that, that was an impressive second half. I think it has to do with the way Michigan State's played this season, why it's not the clear number one. At our greenhouse, Toledo, they have the best record of any team we have beaten. Coming up, we'll talk with UMass football head coach Mark Whipple. What does he hope to accomplish in Provo this Saturday? But first, it's President Coach Steve Cleveland in Studio B. What are his takeaways from game number one? President Coach! BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV and our conversation. Hopping right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Tell us, what is BYU football's best win of the season and why? Use the hashtag BYUSN when you reply. What's the most American animal? A wolverine. No. An eagle. An eagle. There you the go. Eagles are in town, Spencer, from <laughs> Coppin State. They're taking on the Brigham Cougars. 9 Eastern time, BYU TV and BYU Radio. Sorry, I was thinking about the meanest animal in North America, yeah. which is either the badger or the, the honey, wolverine. Specifically the yeah. honey badger. There you go. There he you don't go. care. He don't care or he don't cur. 
Uh, yes. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> At BYU Clark answers today's Twitter question. Uh, the BYU football best win of the season. Michigan State, most complete game we've had and against a talented team still fighting to salvage their season. Whoever is picking which tweets make it into the show thinks that it's Michigan State. Because that's back-to-back tweets about Michigan State. <laughs> I, I thought you got my... You didn't get my Venmo about Mississippi State Jer- tweets? Jerem says Mississippi State. <laughs> I say Toledo. And whoever is putting tweets into the script thinks it's Michigan State. Is it Asher today? Yeah, it's Asher. Okay, that makes sense. There you go. Joining us now for the second consecutive week is uh, former BYU basketball coach and recently returned mission president from Indianapolis, Indiana, Steve Cleveland. President Coach Cleveland. I can't believe you came back after week one. I wondered. <laughs> it, it was crazy, but you're back. We're back. We're back. I'm, you know, we had a great time last week, and I'm looking forward to today. You're calling the game tonight with Dave McCann on BYU TV between BYU and Compensate. I'll be on the sideline as well. Uh, you've got one regular season game to go off in terms of what you are anticipating tonight, and that was a, a solid win against Princeton. What was your number one takeaway from that BYU win against Princeton? Probably 20 second, 20 second chance points, 52 rebounds. Um, there were some surprises to me defensively. Uh, you know, BYU took away the backdoor cuts. That's what Princeton's known for, all of the sharp passing and backdoors. And I think Coach Rose and his staff did a great job taking, taking that away. Uh, I was a little surprised that uh, Princeton missed as many threes because that's something that they do do. But I, I really think the rebounding in that game made a big difference. And then offensively, I think we were four for 16 from the three. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we were inside out. And with Mika inside out, uh, it, it just it made all the difference in the world. And it kept us close, got a lead. You know, four minutes to go, that game was in question. I mean, it was either tied or a one- or a two-point ball game. And I think, again, it came down to offensive rebounding. And, you know, I was a little surprised with Princeton. They didn't send anybody to the offensive glass. I mean, it was five back. and They were some, so worried about so getting worried back. About, so worried about stopping the transition and the fast break that they never really gave themselves a chance to get any offensive rebounds. Did you expect Eric Mika to be that good that early? That was unbelievable on Monday. You know, it was. And, and, and Princeton didn't have a lot of size in size, and they got in foul trouble. And But you know what? The thing about Eric is he's just relentless. I mean, he's got a work ethic that he just never stops playing. And there was one sequence where there were, he was surrounded by four Princeton players, and he's going up, misses, goes up again, and finally finishes it. And that was at a critical time in the game yeah. when it was a one- or a two-point game, and he makes that, and it just turned to tide. Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation. 26 points, 18 rebounds. The Lone Peak 3 scored, I think, 61 of uh, the 82 points that BYU scored. Do you feel like these three can live up to the hype? I mean, it's been one game, but like, I feel like the expectation is set so high for them. It has been set high, but I think if you, if you are around them and you know that they are a very confident group, you take TJ in that ball game, um, 20 points on 11 shots. He was always probing, always look. I mean, he wants to take the thing. He wants to penetrate and attack and create a shot. But he had so much patience in that game, and any time they stopped him, he'd just take a dribble back, throw it in to, to Mika, and, and they would play. And I, I think TJ uh, was every bit as good as Mika. I mean, Mika had some pretty amazing statistics, but TJ's game was so under control, and he wasn't forcing things. And some of the exhibition games, they took some shots and did things. He, he was just under control. And Nick Emery had eight rebounds. 
Eight pretty, rebounds. Pretty crazy. Eight rebounds. And so, yeah, you know what? I do believe that game in and game out, they're going to be there. They're going to have their moments, obviously. But it was a good one. You mentioned it before. It, it, it is the biggest win of the year because it's the first game. Yeah. But it, that's a team that is projected to be in the NC2A tournament. And uh, I, w- I was a little disappointed in Princeton, just their overall aggression level on the glass. Uh, and, and I thought they settled for threes. I mean, I know that's their mantra. And they took what they 35. Do. Yeah, yeah, they just settled. I mean, it was like, where are the back cut? Where, why not, where's some penetration? Not once in that game did they double Mika. And I thought that might have been an adjustment at halftime. Let's go on and let's see if they can make a three. You know, we're four for 16, but they needed another body on Mika if they were going to be effectively to be able to guard him. I could play for Princeton. If they settle for threes, <laughs> yes. I could play for Princeton. <laughs> Nick Emery's role on this team is interesting because last year at the end of the year, I, thought, I think he had a really big role on that team. Yeah. He was kind of played third fiddle, and then he was kind of the main guy there at the end. On this team, I... I almost think like he's he's settled into a really comfortable spot of okay I don't have to exert myself in a crazy way it will it will come to me in this what, what do you see with Nick Emery's role you, you know what I I, I agree with you um, I think that the thing about Nick that he can do is he can create a shot better than anybody on this team for, for a young man that's six foot two he can get to the rim he can take a you know he can take a hit and still finish but I I believe what you his leadership is really showing this year. And uh, he's not taking quick shots. He's not taking contested shots unless it's late in the shot clock. So I think his patience, his maturity, he, and I think too, he's got two of his best friends that he's playing with. And they have chemistry. And I can't imagine how many games they played between AAU and high school. And, uh, you know, th- this is not Lone Peak, but the three of them had some special experiences together. And I think as a result of it, Nick's maturity, I think all three of them, uh, they're, they're, it's not, no one has an agenda. There, there is no agenda here, and you can see it. They're really unselfish. You know, maybe the only agenda is winning. Yes. Like, like yes. it's a unified agenda together. It is. What did you see from BYU defensively that you liked against Princeton? I think that the preparation – because I had to prepare for Air Force Academy when Joe Scott and, – and I think they were even more disciplined than – you know, the thing about Princeton, they're a little bit looser. I mean, they, they'd run their stuff a little bit, and then they'd jack a three up. But uh, the thing I liked was, number one, they, they followed their game plan. They rebounded the basketball. And, uh, and even though they didn't have a lot of transitions, out, opportunities out of it because Princeton got five back, uh, I thought they were really in control. I, I would give their defense an A. I mean, I, if I were going to be grading that, I thought they did a really solid job. Now, that being said, there were probably seven or eight wide-open take two seconds to take the shot threes that Princeton <laughs> didn't make. And, if, you know, maybe if that, that ball game's back at Princeton, it might be a little bit different. But yeah. I, it's a tough game. I, I talked to, to Coach Rose, and he says, that was, they're really tough and hard to play. And I said, I know that. Yeah. And tonight uh, you have Coppin State. You're going to be on the call, as mentioned. Coastal Carolina, we'll talk about that in a sec. But what do you, what do you think of this matchup with Coppin State? Well, it's a very athletic team. Uh, we'll talk more about it tonight. But they've been on the road for a week. And they're traveling cross-country today. It's very difficult to fly somewhere, get off the bus, and play. Uh, they're 0-3. They've not really been in any games except against Hofstra. They're on the road the first game of the year. It was a two-point game. They don't have the ability to score enough to beat BYU. They'll play hard. They'll compete. Uh, I've talked to one of the assistant coaches I know. They're very competitive, but they just don't have the numbers and, and the size to, to put up with what BYU is going to give them. So my 27-plus is on point. That's what you're saying. 
at least. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here, here's well, let me let me say this. Let, let me uh, let me clarify one thing here. You'll notice in that game uh, against Princeton that only seven people played for the most part. I think for BYU. For BYU. Yeah, it was a tight it, it, it was one of those games that I think Coach Rose and his staff knew we need to win this game. Who are our most experienced people? Who are the people right now that are ready to play? That, that's not going to be the case. One of the good things that's going to happen, again, even against Coastal Carolina, who Coastal Carolina is a much better team, but you're, we're going to get an opportunity to see that bench because preseason is an opportunity to give them – you've got some young shooters. You talked about Kobe and others that need to come in and get some confidence in a real game. That's going to happen this week, and that's going to be a good thing for the development of this team. What does BYU – hope to accomplish in these next two games before things get very interesting next week against St. Louis and then either Alabama or Valparaiso, their first time away from home on a neutral floor in Las Vegas? I think one thing we just mentioned, a rotation. Who, who are going to be those seven, eight, nine people that we can count on? So that's going to happen. I, I think the other thing is, is that collectively letting that younger group get on the floor together without maybe all three of the, the mainstays of the team. How, how, how will they compete without – Mika, you know, can Yoli Childs take care of the inside by himself with a smaller lineup? This is also an opportunity to go small. And every coach loves to go small, where you put a four-man there that can shoot the three. Where are those lineups? Because there's going to be opportunities down the road that uh, they're going to need to maybe go small at times. Uh, I think those are the things that they're going to learn. One of the things that's been really impressive to me, uh, I had one of the coaches tell me this yesterday. LJ, if you looked at his numbers and say, you know, he was solid, he, he's a pass-first point guard, they said that his leadership in the game, after the game, next day practice, it was the best practice they've had in 10 years after a big win. He said it was such a focus, mm. and he gave a great deal of credit to LJ. And, uh, and I, I thought about his role in Elijah, and, you know, people need to be a little patient with Elijah. He hasn't practiced in about three or four weeks. And I do believe he's going to be, have a significant contribution in this team. But right now, LJ's leadership on and off the court uh, is really having an influence on these younger players. President Coach Cleveland, what you just said about LJ Rose is big because BYU has had these big wins and then disappointing losses following them. Before, I'm not saying Coppin State is that kind of threat, but you can't go up to Gonzaga and win and then lose to Portland, Portland. right? And so, so that's, that's a big deal, especially with the youth of this team. I think the L.J. Rose uh, transferring an injection of experience into this team is really big for the whole season. You know, I, I completely agree. And I'll tell you the other thing is, he's not coming here all of a sudden looking for his. He's made it really clear that I'm a pass-first point guard. I'm going to make you better, TJ. Mika, I'm going to get the ball to you. That gives people confidence. And then when the game is, you know, there's no pointing fingers. And, and yet, next day, it would be really easy to kind of just enjoy that victory mm-hmm. and not have kind of the commitment to the practice that they need. Even, it doesn't matter whether it's Coppin State because down the road, it's going to be Alabama. Down the road, it's going to be Gonzaga. How do you prepare for games? And a lot of those young men at the division level, I mean, I remember doing it. I know Dave's doing it. We went through, here's where you sit on a bench. This is how you check into the game. These are the <laughs> things you do, you know, because they, they have to learn those things. Yeah. This is what we do. This is the culture. And so, yeah, I, I think LJ's experience at, uh, at Baylor and Houston is a, is a great plus for this program right now. Game three this week will feature the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina. If you remember... This school won the College World Series of Baseball, and they've got a pretty good basketball team as well. We mentioned they beat Coppin State by 30 earlier this week. 
What do you anticipate between Coastal Carolina and BYU on Saturday night? My only comparison was we talked about a little bit earlier would be like a Florida Gulf Coast. Athletic, long, can run the floor. I'm not suggesting they, they're as good as they were. They were 21-12 and 12 last year, had a, good, had a good season. They've got an amazing coach. Cliff Ellis has been at four different Division I programs, has won 150 games at each of those schools. That's nuts. Yeah. Yes, it is. And he's got over 700 wins. And so great leadership. Uh, they're going to be, obviously, a, a different type of test. I think the benefit for BYU is that they're traveling across the country and they're coming to altitude, and all of those things uh, will be to BYU's benefit. I think it's a game BYU wins, but I think it's the one game this week that probably has this coaching staff a little bit nervous. It might be tough for Coppin State to step off the bus and play tonight, but clearly Steve Cleveland has stepped off the plane and is in midseason form. My friend, thanks <laughs> for the time. It's only game two, but it's, it's going. <laughs> Let's, go. Let's go. It's good to be here. Yeah. He's on the call tonight with uh, Dave McCann. I'll be on the sideline, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain, for the Eagles of Coppin State and BYU Cougars. Thanks, Coach. You bet. Good to be with you. Our Twitter question today, what is BYU football's best win this season and why use the hashtag BYUSN to respond? Coming up, Taylor Campbell-Isom of BYU Women's Soccer live from the NCAA Tournament in South Carolina previewing the Cougars' second-round matchup with Oklahoma. But up next, head football coach of UMass, Mark Whipple. How good is his independent team? Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Countdown to kickoff is live at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Saturday, we will get you ready on BYU TV for BYU and UMass. Game 11 for both of these teams. T-minus two days from that 11th game between BYU and UMass. Coverage starts, as Jeremy mentioned, with countdown to kickoff. One Eastern on BYU TV, followed by the game on BYU TV. Offensive coordinator Ty Detmer said Jamal Williams will be a game-time decision the rest of the season, but Squally Canada did practice yesterday. I would hope that uh, for the bowl game, Jamal Williams is not a game-time decision. Right? It's like three weeks after the end of the regular season, so that's kind of funny to me. Men's basketball, ball night in the Marriott Center, Coppin State in town. Tip-offs at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Game two for the Cougars this season. Fourth-ranked BYU women's soccer on an NCAA tournament game day against 25th-ranked Oklahoma on the line. A trip to the Sweet 16. That game will take place in South Carolina. You can listen to the game live on BYU Radio and watch it on ESPN3 at 4 Eastern. We'll talk with WCC Defensive Player of the Year Taylor Isom next segment. And 10th-ranked women's volleyball. Quietly, top 10. This team's been fantastic this year. They're on the road at San Francisco tonight at 10 Eastern time. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is the head coach of the UMass Minutemen football team, Mark Whipple. Mark, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, morning, guys. How you doing? Fantastic, thank you. Uh, we want to know what uh, life is like as the coach of an independent football team and a new independent team at that. I've been good, you know, um, besides the fourth quarters. You know, so uh, we've got a young football team and, a, you know, building the program. At the uh, FBS level, and um, certainly the schedule's been a challenge. We knew that going in, and we were just caught with some things administratively that, uh, you know, didn't have, you know, just had to do what we had to do to get a schedule. So, um, you know, it's been an education. It's been good. Our our guys are uh, excited about their trip out west. It's been an interesting year, and if there's any team that can relate to what's going on, it's uh, BYU and BYU fans, of course. So it's been an impressive schedule. You played four Power Five teams. You've been able to put up some points against some of these teams. So, what are some of the strengths of your team this season, Coach? 
Well, I, I think they compete. I don't the, the, for the ten games. There's not a game that you f- go back to the bus or the plane and say, you know, well, we didn't show up today. The guys will show up and they'll play and they'll compete. I, I, this is a, 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 a this is a true team. They really care about one another. It's it, we had a great camp. We had a great season. It's just we just you know don't have enough bullets to uh, compete at this level. Um, you know, it's not by, by, you know, not with effort. Every game we have about a four or five minute, like, segment in there that just we kind of lose it a little bit and uh, don't reset fast enough. Uh, Troy State example, we drop a kickoff and then give up a big play and then fumble, you know, and, and all of a sudden it's it's 14-point difference. So, um, so that's been a little bit of our nemesis. We're healthier this week with a bye week. We get some guys back. We haven't had a lot of guys practice lately, and I think playing the SEC teams has took a little more toll than, than maybe I expected with their size and their speed. Coach, how far away from being at the level that would please you is UMass football? Well, I, 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 there's no question we've improved every every year. Now, record-wise, we're not, but you know, when you play a, a Florida team that had all their guys, and BC is a very physical team, and uh, you know, we're right there in the fourth quarters. When we, when I first got here, we played Penn State. It wasn't a close game, and Penn State was not a great team. They were a bowl team, but so we've taken the games, almost all of them, into the fourth quarter. And uh, you know, in the other teams we played outside the Power Five, Troy State's eight and one. They lost to Clemson thirty twenty four, and La Tech's leading the uh, Conference USA with an explosive offense. So, leading the country probably in offense. So. The other the guy the teams we played have just been you know, honestly they've just been better. So we need another recruiting class, certainly talent wise. Playing between probably at BYU, we'll probably play. We will play twelve freshmen. Uh, you know, some of those guys will start. We got a couple freshmen out, but uh, so they're, they're going to be here for a few years, and they're learning a lot, and uh, and they'll learn a lot on this trip. Uh, you have a four-game series with uh, BYU, two in Provo the next, uh, this and next year, and then uh, two at Gillette Stadium there in Foxborough, which for BYU fans, they're very excited uh, about those, those games with UMass, especially uh, in New England there for those BYU fans. But what did you think of the series uh, when it was first announced, four-game series with BYU? No, I thought it was I, – I, I grew up in Arizona, so I, I followed – I've always followed BYU. We've seen them a lot. I saw them playing a festival yesterday in the seventies, and and uh, know what they've done. They won a national championship, and you know, playing a BYU has helped our recruiting. You know, uh, some kids we've got a couple kids from California, a couple from Arizona. You know, for their families that that they'll they'll be out to the game. Uh, for our, some of our alums, we'll have a, some people out there. So I think it's a real good thing. I think it's a part of our guys' education. I'm just not playing, you know, in New England. They're playing all over the country. So I, I think it's a really good series and excited about it. And it's helped us recruiting without question. We we point to, hey, we're going to go out west, play BYU, who, you know, certainly has a lot of respect from everybody in the country. The head coach of UMass, Mark Whipple, with us on BYU Sports Nation. As an independent, BYU has made it clear they are seeking a Power 5 conference. Now, this is also new to you relatively, Coach. Is the goal at some point to get back into a conference, or do you kind of just want to ride this train for a while? No, I, I think we would like to get into a conference, certainly. You know, most likely we would like to get to the American, you know, and get to our, really our, our main rival, which is University of Connecticut, is UConn, and uh 
you know, they're only we share the same airport, and it was always when I was here the first time in the late '90s and early 2000s. We played them three times, and and the venues were sold out. Same with our for our basketball. That's that's our natural rival. You know, we've got series with BC now. We've got series with Temple and Philly. We've got our Army coming on a schedule. So, but uh, you know, so that that's where we like to go. Certainly, and that, that makes the most sense. But like probably like BYU, you got to sit and wait. You know, you try to you build your program, and certainly wins would help us. But uh, we got to do some things facility wise, which we haven't pl- play and playing in Gillette. It looks like we're going to play in Fenway Park next year. Maybe the next two years. So there's some things there that I think uh, that that are attractive to teams coming to uh, play us in New England. We heard there's a relationship with uh, Andy Reid, who's uh, one of the fan favorites for BYU, the current head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, what's your relationship like with Andy? Yeah, I, I was with the Steelers for three years, and um, you know we played Philadelphia, and then uh, um, then I was off, and then uh, Andy Reid hired me in 2008. We went had a real good run uh, as a senior consultant and a senior offensive coach, and. Um, Spent you know a lot of days, and we had a great run, and uh, learned a lot from him, and a dear friend, and uh, just a guy I respect tremendously. He's a really good football coach, but probably even more important, a really great person. And so, uh, some of the things we do here is through him, and uh, you know, we text back and forth, and uh, I'll probably shoot him one when I get to his alma mater on uh, on Saturday morning, something. So he's done a great job. Coach, it's hard not to notice a guy like Adam Brenneman, who is a Penn State transfer and was just recently named a semifinalist for the Mackey Award given to the nation's best tight end. Why do you feel like he deserves that type of status? Well, I, I, I think certainly his numbers. You know, he's leading the country. I think he's made one catch behind the kid from Mississippi in, in receptions and has seven touchdowns and just a really, really good player. Was a freshman All-American at Penn State, got in some injuries. He was uh, my son's roommate at Penn State, and I, I got to know him a little bit. And just wanted to change the scenery, and gra- graduated in three years with double major. And uh, you know, we had so we got him here, and he just has a really good sense, a real good feel for the game. Um, understands the hash area, um, receiving abilities, uh, plays well off linebackers, and got enough speed to 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 to, to play against safety. So. Um, uh, just a, a real good player, and just excited for you know the success he's had, and he stayed healthy, which he wasn't able to do the last couple of years at Penn State. So uh, glad he's here, and, and and I'm hoping he's going to come back. Coach, we thank you for the time. We know you're very busy. We look forward to seeing you in Provo, and just make sure that uh, when you come to Provo, you get some BYU creamier, uh, creamery ice cream, do some other things, take selfies of it, and send it to Andy Reid so that he's super <laughs> jealous. Yeah, I gotta look for. I'm looking for a statue. I can send it to him. So, okay. <laughs> so are we. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, guys. See, see, see you this weekend. Yeah, bye. Mark Whipple on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He didn't mince words. His team needs some help recruiting-wise. They're a couple of years out from uh, being at the level he wants them to compete at. Fellow Indy, we love you, man. Looking for the uh, statue of Andy Reid as well. Up next, West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year on the soccer pitch, Taylor Campbell Isomitz NCAA Tournament Game Day for BYU. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. If you happen to miss this show live at any point, you can always watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern or download the podcast on demand. 
And and today at 4 Eastern, big game for the BYU women's soccer team. They're ranked fourth in the country. They play 25th ranked Oklahoma in South Carolina. You can listen to it on BYU Radio. You can watch it on ESPN3. Sweet 16 trip on the line. Yeah. The winner of that match tonight between BYU uh, and Oklahoma will take on the winner of Colorado and South Carolina, the top seed in the South Carolina quadrant. Twitter question today, what is BYU football's best win this season? They're 6-4 and four and bowl eligible at 86WI Cook says, I think the best win in the eyes of most national sports people is Mississippi State. They are still an SEC team who a few weeks later beat Texas A&M. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, Mississippi State. Finally, you got my Venmo, Asher, and put in a Mississippi State tweet. I really appreciate that. There you go. You got to have your phone up. Joining us now from the other side <laughs> of the country in South Carolina is Taylor Isom, the West Coast Conference Defensive Player of yeah. the Year on game day. Taylor, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hello, guys. How are you? Fantastic. Partying. What is the weather like in South Carolina? We're a little bit cold. We're guessing you're warmer than us right now. Yes, I heard it snowed this morning. That that it did. So uh, give us the weather <laughs> forecast uh, in South Carolina. So it's actually sunny. It's around 70 degrees. We went on a nice walk. It's a little bit chilly. Perfect for soccer. So it's going to be really fun. I'm trying not to be jealous, but it's really hard. Uh, <laughs> you were the West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year. How did you find out that you won that? I found out through Greg. I saw a tweet, and he tweeted at me, and I was like, wow, that's so awesome. But it's just, it's a privilege, but it shows how awesome our team is. It's way easy to play on a team just of all-stars. So they make me look good, and it was really fun. We heard that you congratulated Michelle Vasconcelos on uh, her Player of the Year award, and she didn't know. She's like, thanks, wait, what? Yeah, she had no idea. So I actually went to a doctor's appointment, so I wasn't at practice. And then I was just getting tweets after tweets after tweets. And so I was like, we did it. I was like, congrats. And she was like, wait, what? So then I ended up telling her, and she was like, had no idea. Had no idea. <laughs> now, if you scored a game-winning goal against Utah, should you have been considered for Offensive Player of the Year? No. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no. Murphy played in an excellent ball, so I just had to finish it for her. You're like, no, wait a minute. There I scored two. It's not just all you guys, Nadia, no. Michelle, <laughs> Ashley. They... That job is hard. I've done it in practice, and then, no. I like defense way better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it suits you well because you're the defensive player of the year in the WCC. Your team playing Oklahoma tonight in the second round of the NCAA Women's Soccer Championship. How do you expect things to play out tonight against the 25th-ranked Sooners? I think we're going to bring it. Practice was really good yesterday. We're just going to pressure them so they can't even breathe. We're just going to go at them as much as we can. We know that there's a lot on the line, but we're not really thinking about that. We're just going to be focusing on what we're doing and possessing the ball and just doing what we've done all season. Score goals and keep clean sheets. That sounds good to me. That's a good game plan. That's our game plan every day for BYU Sports Nation, so it's cool that you guys have figured that out here uh, in the round of 32. Yeah. Uh, This game tonight, you said we're not worrying about the pressure. How have you been able to just focus on this game and not worry about, hey, the Sweet 16's on the line? It's it's a it's challenging. Me and Murph decided that the postseason that we should make like a new theme for our team. So it's been 28 strong all year, and we wanted to keep that, but we wanted to add a little new theme. So we did today matters. So mm. just to make sure that our team is focusing just on today, today at practice, whether we're eating correctly, whether we're getting enough sleep, just everything with today, and not trying to 
look too much into the future. It's hard, but definitely just worrying about today. Taylor Isom, BYU Women's Soccer, joining us from South Carolina on an NCAA tournament game day. Clearly, you're one of the leaders and one of the veterans on a very good team. In fact, a team that Jennifer Rockwood, your head coach, called the most talented she has ever coached. Why do you think she feels that way? Um, so I was part of the 2012 team as well. So I've been here for a while. And that team was very special, but I think that this team is even more special just because we're so close. I think everybody knows that we have each other's back always. And, like, I'm best friends with every single girl on the team, and I think that every other girl feels the same way. So I think that we're just fighting for each other, and we play for each other. So I think that that's very different in the teams that I've been a part of at this program. So I think that's why we're going to go. We're going to go all the way. What will be the difference tonight against Oklahoma? Just playing our game, just playing our game, just focusing on possessing the ball out of the back, playing our relentless defense from all the way from the forwards, and just not even letting them get a chance. Jen always says that our best defense is just keeping the ball because they can't have a chance if they don't have the ball. So we're just going to work on just keeping the ball and just doing our thing. I know there was some initial and understandable disappointment about not having as many home games initially after the incredible season that BYU Women's Soccer collectively put together, but now you're in South Carolina. Have you moved past the fact that you maybe were underseated or felt like you were underseated initially? I think at first when we thought we were a number four seed, I think we were a little bit disappointed, but I think being recognized as one of the top dogs in this country is a big deal and so just being recognized as that I think that we were just like all right like we'll take it of course we wish that we were still at home we have an amazing crowd base at home but I know that they're going to follow us no matter where we're at so I wouldn't say that we're disappointed at all anymore I think we're ready just to play it doesn't matter where it doesn't matter who we're just going to play BYU soccer Taylor, clearly you have uh, done plenty without the BYU Sports Nation karma, but we want to do our part. And I know that your teammates, Michelle Vasconcelos, who scored the game winner in uh, the first round after she came on the show. And Elena Medeiros is also a huge testament to that, as is Ashley Hatch. So go talk to them if you need more uh, testimonials about the power of the BYU Sports Nation karma. But we're going to give that to you right now. Perfect. I actually was thinking about that when uh, Jack told me that I was going to be talking to you guys. <laughs> I was great. like, oh my gosh, because Greg was teasing me. I've only scored one goal. I scored one goal last season. I scored one goal this time. And he was like, are you going to get number two? And then I was like, I'm talking on BYU Sports Nation. So I'll, I'll be gonna come. Corner kick, 70th minute or thereabouts, I'm calling it. Perfect. Taylor, it thanks for the time. I'll, I'll call you guys. Yes. Can- Congratulations on the award again, and uh, good luck against Oklahoma tonight. Thank you, guys. Thanks for calling. You got it. Taylor Isom on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Watch and listen to the Cougars 4 Eastern ESPN 3 BYU Radio. How confident is this BYU women's soccer team? Taylor Isom just said, we're going to go all the way. She said, we're going to suffocate them with our pressure. I just I love the confidence oozing through the phone. Mm. We're Eastern. Let's go. Women's soccer. It's hard not to feel excited about what they get to do today. Just win in South Carolina. The Cougar Whip Round's next. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. We're going all the way, Spencer.
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. We're two days away from game 11 of BYU and UMass. Coverage starts with countdown to kickoff Saturday, 1 Eastern on BYU TV. If you missed it, offensive coordinator Ty Detmer said Jamal Williams would be a game time decision the rest of the year in Squally Canada practice yesterday. Jamal. Men's basketball. <laughs> the Cougars are back in the Marriott Center tonight hosting Coppin State. Tip-off 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We need someone to impersonate from the BYU basketball coaching staff. Soccer. I'll work on that one. Probably did, Rose. Fourth-ranked BYU women's soccer plays 25th-ranked Oklahoma today in the second round of the NCAA tournament in South Carolina for Eastern time on ESPN3 and BYU Radio. We talked to Taylor Isom just a moment ago. She's very confident. She said, we're, gonna, we're going all the way. Volleyball. 10th-ranked BYU on the road against San Francisco. The ladies hoping to keep things rolling and win another WCC title. Got to take care of the Dons, 10 Eastern. Women's basketball. Cougars lost their first road game of the season at Georgia last night, 81-51. Kind of a shock that they lost by 30. Cassie Broadhead led the Cougars with 16 points. Swimming and diving. The men's and women's dive teams begin competition today at the Georgia Tech Diving Invitational. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair tees off today in the first round of the RSM Classic. Back to you, Spencer. Did you know that Ty Detmer is a really good golfer? I bet Ty is good at everything he does. Like he's, he won the Heisman. He's low, he's low handicap, like a four or a six or something. He can play. Yeah, he can, he can that play. That dude can ball. Future guests include our two-on-one with Handsome Tanielu. BYU football has a guy named Handsome that plays on the defensive he line. He is handsome, too. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Jerem, who gets the Rise and Shout? Taylor uh, Isom. Yes. She was one of the best interviews we've ever had on this show. She was fantastic. So confident. We're going to suffocate them. With pressure. Mm. We, we probably should say with pressure after that. What is BYU football's best win this season and why? Our elite tweet of the day at R. Greenhouse says, San Diego State, it will be a great win. <laughs> nice. Thanks to Steve Cleveland, Mark Whipple, and Taylor Isom. Show on demand. Download the podcast on iTunes for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Kyle, too.